Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Jessica Mulroney, the wife of Ben Mulroney, has faced backlash over comments that she has made and as a result has lost her show uh, with Bell Media and her partnership with Hudson Bay. Uh, you might remember that Jessica also good friends um, with uh, uh, Meghan Markle and and remember that whole connection so let's bring in Alyssa freeman pop culture expert Alyssa pr she is with us now Alyssa, thanks for the time much appreciated hope you're doing well oh, thank you for having me on scott so uh for those that don't know set up this scenario what happened here well a few weeks ago a pop a popular black lifestyle influencer uh put out a post during the just when the 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 whole issue of Black Lives Matter was really starting to get traction, saying that there were many uh, Canadian influencers with large uh, platforms, female Canadian influencers, that weren't really using them uh, to help benefit the cause when their voices really need to be heard at this time. She didn't name name names. She may have had a few people in mind, but she did not name names. Well, Jessica Mulrooney read this, felt that it was an attack personally on her, and what ensued was a very um, derogatory back and forth of mainly on Jessica Mulrooney's part, uh, threatening the livelihood of this uh, black lifestyle influencer, whose name is Sasha Exeter, uh, to the point where it started to get really, really ugly. And there may have been a time when um, people would not go public with something like this and just sort of let it go and maybe buckle under. But Sasha Exeter, who uh, has a large following and has worked hard to build and maintain a positive reputation, went public and named names. And as a result, this uh, really reached uh, an apex where it got supremely ugly. And then after this post that Sasha Exeter was on her IGTV, actually, basically pointed her finger at Jessica Mulroney, it all started to go downhill for Jessica at that point. What does this exchange tell us about society? Well, it, it it really speaks to a sense of, of tone deafness. Like, I'm hoping that it isn't reflective of society, but reflective of somebody who, you know, may have overestimated her own power. Like, you have to remember, I mean, this woman was on every platform. She had a show on CTV on all their platforms. She was on City Line, Good Morning America, brand ambassador for uh, Hudson Bay and for Kleinfeld, the bridal arm of, of the Bay. So, you know, the world was really her oyster. And to engage in a very petty back and forth, claiming that she was going to go to uh, one of Exeter's brands and say, well, I'm going to tell them not to work with you anymore, is just pure hubris. I mean, and, and especially... You know, you can't. You shouldn't do that at any time, Scott. I mean, at any time, but especially during a time when it just shows colossal uh, tone deafness and racial and racial insensitivity. Is it tone deafness, or is it tone deafness? But or is it just the fact that she felt that she had to defend herself requires some inward thinking in the sense that, well, why do you feel this way? Why does this make you feel uncomfortable? Why do you think you have to defend yourself this way? Those are all great questions to ask, and I think that those are questions we have to keep asking ourselves throughout this, not just in the. And again, if if this makes you feel uncomfortable, you got some work to do. Well, a hundred percent, and I'm glad you put that out there because I think what it's going to show your listeners is that you're listening and you're hearing, 
And these conversations are uncomfortable. So you can do one of two things. You can turn away from them or you can face them. And I think that if we start facing these conversations as uncomfortable as they are, then I think that just makes us better in the long run. But it's going to take some time. Um, from this, she, uh, obviously Bell Media has, uh, you know, uh, taken her show, uh, that sort of thing. She's the wife of Ben Mulroney. We know that he is very prominent on that network as well. Where does that leave all of that? Is it tied together? Are they two separate things? How does one affect the other? Well, you know, I did notice that on your morning, of course, I tuned in that Ben Mulroney was not there. And that was probably the right thing to do, was to give this some air. And because it has, it was a, a particularly devastating for his family, 24 hours, 40, 24 to 48 hours. Um, I'm assuming that what he'll do is that he'll come back on Monday and he'll have to take, make a statement. He just can't, you know, go on the desk uh, with, with the rest of his panel and say nothing. So he'll likely make a statement saying that, um, that his family and himself and his wife and kids are all taking a, a step back and we are listening and learning together because you know, perhaps we have transgressed, there were some wrong steps taken, and we need to do better. But he has to say something. Where are they what about interviewing her? So she, no, what about interviewing Sorry, Alyssa, to interrupt, but what about interviewing her? Should she be on? Should he interview her on the show? You know, that's very interesting. And typically, the confessional interviews do happen, but a few months down the road. And I would say that you do need to give this some air because you just can't do a confessional, uh, you know, a week later and pretend that everything is a-okay. The, the part of the whole resurrection of reputations is the believability on the behalf of your public that they believe that you've done some work. They believe that you have truly seen uh, your wrongdoings and have done the work in understanding them and trying to correct them. That doesn't happen in a week. Does it happen in a few months? Does it happen in six months? Does it happen in a year? Yes, it does, because that gives one ample time to really reflect, learn, and understand. But you have to be like, I hate to sort of put a business lens on this, but you really have to be strategic. So many people may think, well, she's never going to recover from this. Fact of the matter is, is that give it some time. And you remember Lance Armstrong? Took him mm, some time, yeah, but he yeah, recovered. Yeah. So the public does have a propensity for, you know, forgiveness um, if somebody does the work. So there is that opportunity. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, we keep we keep hearing over and over and over again. Um, is there systemic racism uh, in society or various institutions? Uh, and to define that, if we have to continually ask ourselves over and over if there is systemic racism, doesn't that mean there is systemic racism? 100%. It's like when your kid comes to you and says, do you think that this is wrong? Well, they know it's wrong. They just want validation that it's wrong. I'll even make it simpler. Is it raining? 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 Well, geez, yes, it is. Because you wouldn't be asking if it wasn't. Well, exactly. So if we have to keep asking ourselves that question, it might be to try and make us feel better that, okay, we know we have work to do and gosh darn, we're sorry. But, you know, for much, many black Canadians, black Torontonians in this province, 
you know, you know, this is just the same old trope that they've been hearing for decades. And, you know, I've been watching the news and there have been committees and there have been reports and it all looks really good that, you know, oh, yeah, we've done this work, but nothing's ever been implemented. So now's the time that if you think that there is systemic racism, the first step is to admitting it. And you know how governments are afraid to admit anything wrong. But the first step is admitting it. And the second step is showing proof that you're going to do something about it. Uh, how important is it that uh, white people speak out against this? What it, It's very important. And I've been reading a lot about this and I've been reading about what al- being an ally means and what ally being, you know, al- the, the term allyship is uh, now being um, become more prevalent. And it, it means very simple. If you see an injustice, if you see something, say something. If you have an opportunity to bring uh, more diversity into your company or onto your board, do it. It's not just waiting for the other person to do something or say something. It's for you to take on that that initiative. If you have a social platform that is, I don't know, that is 100 people, 200, 1,000 people, well, use it to keep the news up in front of your followers. It, it can be something as simple as that. The, the issue here is that this should not just be a flavor of the day that, uh, you know, people are already realizing that let's just not let this run the news cycle. Let's keep the momentum going. And, you know, I applaud the movement for coming up with, um, you know, many of these narratives that seed the mind of uh, of people that, to make them understand that this isn't going away. It's been here for ages. We're exhausted of, of yelling about it. Now we need somebody, we need allies to help us get us through this. So how many have said defund the police, uh, that's a whole other different discussion, but how do we change that systemic uh, racism? I mean, is, is this something that has to be dismantled and, and put back together? Is this something that needs a, a reallocation of funding? Because it seems on one hand we're asking the police to do more, whether it's uh, more mental health training, uh, more cybersecurity training, more hate uh, uh, training more, more terrorism training. We're always asking them to do more. Now we're talking about defunding them. So, uh, how do you square this circle? Listen, they've been defunding education for years, Scott. You know, when your kid before they go to school, what's the first thing that you have to do? You have to put your hand into your own pocket and go buy supplies for the classroom. Mm. So, I also read a very interesting article from the view of the of the police saying. Listen, when I signed up for this, I didn't understand that I'd have to do dispute resolution, that I'd be a marriage counselor, that I'd have to, you know, all these social services where there is expertise should not really fall on the shoulders of the police. And I believe that expansion of social services says, A, we care about our society and we care enough not to have everything put on the, the shoulders of the police, but to put it on those experts that can help us help society. So, so here we are, we're asking them we're asking them to do more, and then we're crapping on them when they don't do it right. Well, I think that the point is is that we don't want them to do any more than what they really should be doing. Yeah. And that there are better social services that can take uh, that burden off the police. And I believe, I truly I believe in the expansion of social services. You know, years and years uh, ago, when um, member Bob Ray, when he was premier, oh, yeah. you know, he says, when you take away the social services, that's when you're going to start seeing people on the streets. And he was right. That's exactly what happened. 
So he also said you can have. He also said you can have uh, programs without prosperity, but that's completely different. I think that's when he became a liberal. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Sorry, Alyssa. That that could be, and that's a whole other discussion. But I, I think that you know we really have to take a hard look on what we're offering society, where people have places to go. Because when you have no hope and you have no place to go then you're just at loose ends, and that's not helping anybody. I think that providing more social services that deal with mental health, that deal with, um, you know, dispute resolution, that deal with, I, I, I don't even know all, I mean, I'm not the expert in it, but I do know that when I first heard the term defund the police, I thought, what are you, crazy? Like, who am I going to call? Somebody's breaking into my house, Ghostbusters. But then I did a little reading, and I thought, okay, defunding means reallocating to create better and more helpful resources. Alyssa Freeman has been with us. Uh, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa PR, a pop culture expert and PR expert. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Have a great weekend. And you too, Scott. Thank you for having me. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.